the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The last couple of days we have focused on God the Father. Today, we want to spend some time looking at God the Son. And we'll do just that next, here on Truth For Today. Greetings and welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Last week, we looked at the triune God that we worship and serve in general. This week, we're keying in. We saw the Father Monday and Tuesday, and today we begin to look at the Son. Who is the Son in this Trinity that we worship and serve? The Bible has an awful lot to say about that. So let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard as we learn together, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. The folly of the experts. The stone showed up that was the chief cornerstone, and the experts didn't know it. 4.8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected. See, the builders should have known the stone. (laughs) Which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else. There's the offense. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. You mean... All paths do not lead to God? Right. You mean all religions won't get you to heaven? Right. You mean you guys are saying you've got a monopoly on salvation? No. We don't handle salvation. God does. He's got a monopoly. And he saves people only through one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God's salvation You can't get it except his way. Now that is offensive. That is narrow. Uh, That is not uh, (laughs) postmodern. That's not politically correct. But when did the church ever get politically correct? We have always been a counterculture movement. We have never marched to the beat of Rome. The Roman Empire. You've got these little sect groups out here called Christians that won't burn incense to Nero. We've always been counterculture. Everything that wants to conform you to this culture is your enemy. 
We are people that refuse to be conformed to the age because we're counter. We're being conformed to another standard. What God says is truth. So we know that we sound obscure, uninformed, mindless, narrow, offensive, and biblical when we talk this way. But it's the truth. And only God can defend his own word. Let's take the journey here. If we're going to defend the deity of Christ, how would you begin? Well, one thing are the names that he was allowed to be called by Jewish people, Jewish church in the early days. That would be utter blasphemy. You shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain to give Christ a name of deity, a name associated with the Old Testament God would be blasphemous, sacrilegious. Matter of fact, would be a death penalty crime. But listen to these names. He was called Yeshua. Uh, And so that's okay, but so is many other Jews named Yeshua. But notice in Acts 2, the combination. Verse 36, Peter preaching. You never know what a failure may ultimately do, huh? The failure becomes the preacher. Let, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, this human Jesus, the son of Mary, his human name, a common name. Whom you crucified, this Jesus has been made and declared Lord, that's deity, curios, and Christos, Hamashiach, the Messiah, the anointed one. Jesus that was just crucified 40 days ago. You all know that. This one is Lord. That's blasphemy if it's not true. He's talking to a Jewish audience. And he is the Messiah. So tied to that is clearly the Jesus of the New Testament is Lord in Christ. He's called the anointed one. He's called Lord and Master. He, uh, and that name Lord here is the Old Testament name Adonai. The New Testament calls him Kyrios or Lord. He's called Savior, Soter. We get a, an aspect of theology that's called Soteriology. It's from this word. He's the Savior. Mary, you shall have a baby and he shall save his people from their sins. He's given that name. He uh, takes the name I am. Uh, I am the bread of life. I am the water of life. I am the good shepherd. But he told them in John 8 that before Abraham was born, 858, I tell you the truth. Jesus answered before Abraham was born, didn't say I was. This was a Jehovahistic name. This was the sacred Yahweh name from Exodus 3, from the bush that he revealed himself to Moses. Up to that time, he said, I call myself El Shaddai to the patriarchs in Exodus 6. But now I reveal myself to the nation of Israel as Yahweh, the I am being what I am being God. And here Christ says, I am. I'm not the God of the dead or just the living I am that I am. I was before Abraham. This was, an, this was an astounding thing. This would get you killed. And then it goes on. I am the Alpha and Omega. 
He is God's alphabet, the beginning and the end. Everything God wants to say to us, he says in Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. There's about 365 titles of Christ. I'm just giving a sampling of some of the things he was called. Now, um, what did Christ do before he came to earth? Let me ask you this question. Was the second member of the Godhead a person before Bethlehem? Yes, okay. To be a person, what three things have to be true of you? You got to have an intellect, a will, and an emotion. You don't have to have a body, do you? Does Satan have a body? He doesn't have a body. He's a spirit being. He's circumscribed. He just didn't go forever like a jellyfish. He's circumscribed spatially. But he doesn't have a body. He doesn't get headaches. Uh, he, he doesn't get tired. But he's a person. You remember Jesus said to the demon-possessed man, there's 6,000 probably personalities inside one body spatially because they inhabited the swine and they ran over the hill. So a spirit being, though, has feeling, will, and emotion. What was Christ doing before Bethlehem? Was he involved? Did he have to have a body? He certainly did. Now, we looked at John 1.1, but let's look at it again. I would like to just inscribe this on the templates of your mind. In stone, if possible. Let's go through this, because the cultists are going to come to the door and tell you they know what this means in the Greek, but they don't. In the beginning was already existing the word. The word was there is an imperfect tense, continuous action in the past. When anything began to be, he was already being. That's what he's saying. Before anything began, before stars began, before human beings began, before anything created began, he was already being. Was, write it down, imperfect tense, continuous action in the past. He was already being. He didn't need to create to be. But he was already being when they decided to create. Now watch. This was the word. And the word was with God. So we've got two here. The word was being with God. The word, and this was, was with. The word with was facing God. It's a picture of equality. They were on the same level. The word was facing God. Who was God in this verse? God the Father. He was facing God the Father. Now watch. And the word was as to nature, as to his nature, as to his character, God. Not a God. When you write a house, look at this. We do it in English. We do what we call identity, particular, the house. That points out identity, a particular house. But when you say a house, you're emphasizing that which has the nature and quality of a house. You're not trying to emphasize identity. You're trying to underscore nature, quality, what makes it a house. This is the anarthrous use here of God. He is saying, and the word was as to his nature, 
as to his characteristics, God. But the word here, the one called the word, is a different person than God the Father. Now I'll walk you right through it again. Now you've got it. Here we go. In the beginning, or when things begin to begin, the word was already existing. And the word was facing God the Father. And the word was God. Not the Father. He was God. He was with God in the beginning. He was with God the Father. Well, what did he do? Through him. The Father is the source of creation. The Son is the intermediate agency. It's a Greek noun or Greek uh, preposition dia. Through the intermediate agency of the Son, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. What was he doing in the beginning? He was enjoying the Father. And when anything began that began, he and the Father created it and began it. Well, uh, what else did he do? Uh, well, just to kind of, mm, uh, I think of the Old Testament. Uh, be turning to Colossians 1. The, the cults love Colossians 1. They'll beat you to death on this verse. Uh, uh, in the Old Testament, who was it talking to Moses in the bush? God, God Who? Has anyone ever seen God the Father? John 1.18 says they haven't. Who led them in the wilderness by the cloud and the fire? The Father or the Son? They followed that spiritual rock was who? Anytime God makes a visible manifestation of himself, it's the second person. No man could see God the Father, he said, and live. In the Old Testament, in the cloud was God the Son. In the fire was God the Son. When you read the term in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord, it means the messenger that comes from Yahweh, that is always God the Son. For instance, when the three men show up to Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 18, two of them were angels. One of them was the angel of the Lord. Guess who that was? God the Son paid a visit to Abraham and says, you're going to have a baby. The angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is God the Son. He was active in the Old Testament, doing lots of things. Uh, look at Colossians 1, 15. Speaking of Christ, he says, He is the image, the exact representation of the invisible God. Who's invisible? God the Father. God's essence. But one member gives expression to the Godhead. Hold right there. Hold right there. But don't lose it. Just put your hand there. Turn over to Hebrews. See it. A like verse. Hebrews 1. Is it warm in this building? Yes. We can turn off the heat or open the door because I haven't even caught fire, but I am burning up. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to burn it out of me. Uh, uh, listen to this. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by one who has the character of son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. 
How did the universe get made? Why doesn't everybody believe it? Hold down. Now just hold, hold, hold. Hebrews and Colossians. One other verse. Turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. That's why we believe the universe was made by God. Now, if you know how it was made, help yourself. I don't know all the how-to. I just understand he said, let it be. I want some light. Let there be light. Boom. Bara, creative word. I believe the universe was made by the word of God. By the second person of the Godhead. Now, let's go back uh, to chapter 1. The sun, in verse 3, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the Father. Now, let's go back to Colossians. Collisions 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Ah, ah, firstborn. He had a beginning. If you said firstborn, right? That's what the cults say. They say, aha, we have two passages. He was the only begotten and he was firstborn. Let me tell you what the word means. The word often used chronologically means the first in a series. And that's the way it's naturally taken. Ah, he's the firstborn of all creation. But there's a second use of the word. It was, he was supreme among the ranks. Supreme. Elevated above the others. He used this this way of Israel. Israel is my firstborn nation. It's not the first nation that existed but she was given the superior rank in God's love and treatment to be set above all other nations. Now, Christ is supreme in rank to all creation. Why? Now watch. Why? Let Paul talk. Don't let the cults talk. Why is he treated like the firstborn? Why is he in this unique category of the supreme first in rank? Watch now. Verse 16, for by him, all things were created. By who? Your weak son, S-O-N. The son created. He's set apart from creation. He's the creator. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, and I understand this to be categories of spirit beings or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He cannot be created and be the creator at the same time. And Paul's wanting to make it clear that the Colossian heresy was Christ was a spinoff in a pantheon of God's. And he's saying, he's not just at the head of the pantheon. He is the creator of all spirit beings, visible and invisible. He is firstborn, not that he had a beginning, but he's superior in rank over all creation. 
if you want to check it out, read. It's the word prototokos in a Greek lexicon. Arndt and Gingrich would be a good one. Bible Knowledge Commentary has a great treatment on it. Second volume in the Bible Knowledge Commentary. Five reasons why it shows he was not born. You may want to check that out later. Notice that. And he, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So what he's just saying, he's in a category all to himself. He created, things were made by him, for him. And then he says, all things are sustained by him. They say in the structure of the atom that there's everything built in it to just want to disintegrate and just bust loose. And if we just get atoms released as in a bomb, it could do incredible damage and destruction, just destroy the globe. And I heard one scientist talking that there's something they call like a binding force. It's an unexplainable force that binds atoms together. That that there is something that binds it and coheres. That makes it stick together. That we just don't blow up. Now 2 Peter 3 says someday Christ is going to burn up all the elements of the universe. He's going to take all the things that make up matter and like a domino effect say dissolve and the earth will burn up. But guess who is sustaining tides, sustaining the stellar system, sustaining that the sun stays on a certain orbit so as not to get so close as to burn us up or so far away as to freeze us? What sustains all these tides? What sustains this whole solar system? What keeps atoms? What is the binding force? It's the creator. It's God the Son that makes things hold together in the created world. Powerful. My creator sustains the universe. If he spoke the word, every molecule in your body could just disintegrate. But he is the sustainer of it. Well, look at some of the characteristics uh, that Jesus possesses. I will not try to go through all those with you. But many, many verses tells you that he has life in and of himself, that he's omnipotent, that he's self-existent. Uh, he just, he, he is all powerful. He's got the same attributes as his father, same attributes as the spirit. I love John 10. Let me take you there. Uh, when Jesus uh, is telling them he's going to die for them on the cross... Don't ever feel sorry for the cross of Christ. There is a theology that tries to dream up and cough up all the pathos we can about the cross. And even some churches, a, uh, a communion service is a re-crucifixion of the son. Because if we can get us to be in sympathy and feel sorry for him, maybe it will move us. Never approach the cross on those terms. God doesn't need your sympathy. I'll show you why. Look at John 10. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Isn't that wonderful? Just so straightforward. You know, I often pray the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my pastor. I shall not want. Because the word for shepherd is pastor. And he's my pastor. He restores my soul. He leads me. He protects me. 
I've got someone pastoring me. If all the earthly pastors die, I still got a pastor. And once again, we've come to the end of our time together here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we lock things up for another day of broadcasting, we do so with a a way to contact us here at Truth For Today. If you have a question, a prayer request, comment, we would love to pray for you. If you have a praise report about how the program is encouraging you in Christ, we'd love to hear that as well. A couple of ways to reach out to us. The easiest, of course, our phone number, 855-833-9864, or our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, you have another way to reach out to us, and that is, especially if you have a question or a praise report, that you would like Pastor Phil to answer. Well, simply take your voice memo app on that smartphone of yours, record your question along with who you are and where you're calling from, and then email that bit of audio to us at tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, the email address is tftquestions at valleybible.org. So email that to us. We'll run it by Pastor Phil. And should we use it on the radio, we'll even let you know when. And as always, you can again reach out to us at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. You can also write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As you partner with us financially, bear in mind that we are able to continue this radio ministry through you doing just that, joining other friends and family members of this ministry to ensure that this program continues its ministry in the greater Bay Area. Please consider that as you reach out to us, and then join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Message.